Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 119 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Sonia Cuff. Sonia helps companies to change business processes, to successfully adopt new technologies the right way, and to achieve great business results. Sonia has been awarded Most Valuable Professional by Microsoft in multiple categories and is also an online writer, trainer, and speaker. So, Sonia, can I ask you to expand on that intro and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. And I think I need to update my bio because, gosh, things have certainly changed in the last, even the last six months. So, I sort of learnt everything on the job when I got started in IT and after a progression that led me into Office 365 and productivity and sort of some virtual CIO consulting for small businesses. I've, I've kind of gone even to the, the next stage in my career by joining Microsoft and getting the official blue badge to be one of their cloud advocates. So what that bio doesn't mention is that my new role does a lot of those similar things, but in a slightly different way. I'm involved in working with IT communities and helping them to figure out how to make their lives easier so that they can run all the kind of IT operations stuff that they're used to doing, either in a hybrid scenario or a cloud scenario, and bring across a lot of the on-premises knowledge that they used to have. So it's a sweet spot for me. It very much is that intersection between the technology is great and there's a ton of things we can do with it, but what are the important things that really matter that help us do our jobs better and easier and help us provide that extra value for the business to achieve what they need to achieve. Right. Um, In terms of the developer advocate role, that's something I'm hearing more about. And um, as people will know, if they listen in regularly, we've had quite a few people on over the last year or so who have that role. Could you maybe give us an overview of what that means from your perspective, what that, that advocate role actually means or actually provides? So developer advocacy is a term that's quite commonly used in the technology industry, and it's got a bit of a history of a passion and a connection of wanting to connect with the people that are using the software, in essence. That's that's kind of the history of where it's come from. Now, Microsoft has an advocacy effort that's been running for a couple of years now, reaching out to developer communities no matter what language they program in, for example. So it's not the traditional go out to Microsoft user groups per se. It's it's go where people are using particular software programming languages. Um, it's had some great results, but I'm not a software developer. I, I never have been. It's not my thing. I don't code unless it's PowerShell. That's pretty much the limit. And so within the last six months, my team within Microsoft has been formed to do those similar sort of community relationships, but out to the IT professionals, the IT operations people, the systems administrators, the infrastructure architects, so all of that kind of a community. And 
do similar things as a developer advocate. And, and a couple of those things we focus on are getting feedback from the communities about what's tripping them up, and what we need to improve in our products, and taking that back to product engineering to feed that back to our teams to make our products better, but also to give us fuel to go and start creating new resources. So whether it's videos or blog posts or talks at conferences, help us to kind of fill in those gaps and, and make better resources online for people trying to use our products. Sure. So presumably that, that role is giving you a new perspective on, on software and development. Yeah, it, it has. And look, there is a lot of crossover. We are very um, united in our advocacy effort across our organisation that even though we go out and speak to different technical communities, we still are part of a bigger advocacy group. And so some of the engagement that I've had with, you know, people that are doing software development or people that are doing DevOps or our site reliability engineers, we're finding a lot of common threads between the things that these different IT departments do. And it's great to be able to have those sort of cross-cultural conversations without being siloed. Okay. Um, Sonia, can you maybe share a career tip with the IT career energizer audience, one they possibly should know and maybe don't? It's funny because the further on you get down your career, you realise that the simple things are true. And there is a saying about always be learning. When I first started in IT, I didn't have any formal training and somebody showed me something because they were trying to fix a computer. And I said to them, I don't know how to do what you do, but when you do it, I can follow your logic. Like I can understand what you're doing. And I had that exact same moment yesterday with a PowerShell script that somebody else had written that I was trying to wrap my head around. And I said to him, I couldn't sit down and write this from scratch, but when I look at your script, I understand what it does and and um, and how you've strung it together. So it, it did really just make me smile that, you know, 20 odd years after starting in this industry, I feel like I'm back at day one again. And there's a couple of challenges with that. I know that we're all being pushed. We don't have enough time. We're in a, in a busy world, where we're, especially in IT ops, when we're trying to keep things running. So to try and balance that with also learning new things as we go is, is always a challenge. The best approach that you can have is a good attitude that you will always be learning and you can pick up something new and you can try and do your job in a better way by scripting it, for example. But you need to get comfortable with the fact that there will always be things that you don't know. And that's an exciting part of the industry. That's one of the reasons I love being in tech. Sonny, can you maybe tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? Well, it's interesting because my, my worst IT career moment actually turned into a talk that I delivered at Microsoft Ignite in Florida last year. And I'll be delivering at some of the Ignite the Tour cities and that was a point where I was just trying to do too much. I was spreading myself too thin. So it wasn't necessarily, a, you know, help I've deleted something important and I've brought down a big infrastructure moment, but it certainly was a point in my life where I'd taken on a new job responsibility in the consulting company I was working for. I was doing some really high-stress project stuff for a customer full-time, and I, I, I literally got to a breaking point where I was about to jump on a plane and leave the country without telling anybody 
um, and without even telling my family. So that's kind of the start on my on my talk and why I have a bit of a, a passion for burnout and mental health in our community because I understand not only the stress that IT operations is under, but the long-term impacts of that when you're doing these kind of roles for, for a long number of years. Well, what did you take away from that? What did you learn in particular? I learned to make sure that I'm sharing with my colleagues and with my manager the amount of work that I'm actually under and, and what's going on at the moment. We've got this very big culture of just getting in there and getting things done and you know not disappointing the customer and doing whatever it takes. And that, that really can be detrimental. But I also think now, especially going into a new role with a lot more travel, I'm a lot more conscious of checking myself on how I'm traveling and making time for important things like getting to the gym and doing some exercise. And I do that not for the health benefits necessarily. That's just a a side impact for me. But I do things like that, go out in the morning and walk the dog or get to the gym to get my head out of tech and to get my head away from the messages on my phone and to just literally clear my head, blow out the cobwebs and get those endorphins that come from exercising. So yeah, I, I have learnt to to balance my life a little better in, in that respect. And I hate the word balance because you know, we, we tend to think that it means that we're getting exactly the right amount of sleep and exercise and family time and work and it's all nicely tied up with a little bow at the end of the week. But it tends to work out on a lot longer scale than that I've discovered. Some weeks I'm away and work is the, the main priority. Some weeks I'm on holiday and I'm doing some stuff with the family and, and, and work is definitely not the priority at all. So I, I take a longer term version of how things balance out over time. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't personally subscribe to this sort of work-life balance discussion. It's more about an integration because your life as a whole and it's how you actually fit all the pieces together and make it work for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so moving away from your worst moment, can you maybe... Tell us about your career highlight or greatest success. As soon as you said that, the first thing I wanted to say was you know, getting my dream job at Microsoft. And I'm going to bump that down to second best, which sounds really funny, but I'll explain that right. a little bit. So up until recently, that was my career highlight. I mean, I'm now working in a team with the people that I used to watch on stage. And I used to sit in the audience and think, oh, this is so cool, like they know so much and it must be so much fun talking to people from stage. And now that's my job and I still pinch myself every time I walk into a Microsoft office and my badge lets me in the door. (laughs) 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 You know, in terms of career career progression, it's pretty pretty much a high point, I can tell you. I've got a a fantastic team that I'm working with and I'm loving this role. But um. More than that, the the topics we've just touched on in terms of mental health and burnout, I was asked by Microsoft before they knew that I was applying for a role with the company, if I would speak on mental health at Microsoft Ignite. And I said yes. And the session that I delivered not only rated really well, which I'm very happy about, but The conversations that have come up after that, the conversations of the people who talked to me in the room straight away, 
the people who bumped into me in the hallway after that to talk to me and then the conversations that I've had online and on Twitter, it's just snowballing. I've had some other opportunities within Microsoft, both in Australia and in the USA in our head office to go and talk more to different groups of people about that particular topic. And just the fact that my organisation has taken this on board as a topic that they're passionate about and, and I get to go and have an impact in a very non-technical but a, but also a very life-changing way with the IT communities that I serve. Um, yeah, that's not something I ever thought was, uh, would be a career highlight, but the, the way that it's worked out backed by the experience that I've had in this industry and the things that I've seen people go through is um, puts the biggest smile on my face. Yeah, I'm sure. So you're, you're really making an impact and a difference and, and, and people are engaging with this subject in particular. So certainly mental health is something that's, that's gaining more visibility. And I think companies such as Microsoft presumably are are taking it more seriously and, and feel they want to support these sort of um, um, initiatives. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And one thing that I'm learning through this conversation is that a lot of big companies know that it's an, an important thing, but they have this kind of blocker where HR might come up with some initiatives and they don't really feel like they're getting any traction. And they're struggling to reach out to employees to say, what support do you need? Like, what help can we give you? And and how do we how do we make sure that this is an important thing in our culture? And when I get asked about that question, I talk about the importance of people normalising the conversations within the teams that they work in so that we take the stigma off and, and people feel that it's okay to share that they've had a rough week or um, whatever's you know sort of going on that's stressing them out at work and that they'll feel supported. They, they won't have a black mark against them for owning up to the fact that they're not travelling so well. So while we turn around and say that organisations should and need to do something about it, and absolutely they do need a commitment to it. There is also the best activity and result we're going to get by changing the culture one person at a time within our little teams that we work in to go, this is a supportive team. We are going to share our highs and our lows and you know, that this is a safe space to uh, to talk to people about what's going on and, and be real with each other. Yeah, absolutely right. So, Sonia, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? Well, I touched before on the fact that it's always changing, and it feels like that statement has never been more true than today. We all know that the pace of change has accelerated. And when I started in tech, you, know, you, you could learn something and it would stick around for a while, and it would be true for a long time to come. I mean, I remember when NT351 came out and we were putting in Windows NT servers and this registry was this mind-blowing new thing and the registry's <laughs> been around for a while now. Like it didn't really yes. change that much from, from when it came out. But we all know that the the pace of change is just going crazy now, especially in the cloud where the platform owners have total and complete ownership of that platform and the dependencies and the versions that it's running so they can iterate and upgrade on it much, much faster. That excites me. It excites me that people that run IT operations can embrace tools and technologies to get rid of a lot of the mundane stuff. I want to see more things like 
self-healing systems and the opportunity to take away just a, a lot of the, the mundane stuff that we used to do by letting these servers dip into artificial intelligence and those kind of things. We're at an opportunity now, especially in our field, to get rid of a lot of the, the mundane and, and the day-to-day um, and that's quite exciting. It'll be interesting to see what we need to focus on and manage in the future. Yes, very much so. So we're going to go into the reveal round now, which is more of a, a short, quick-fire question round. Are you ready for this? Sure. Okay. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? The IT department was located where the guy was that I was seeing at the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the rest is history. Literally, I got asked. I got asked if I'd ever thought about joining the IT department, and I went, hmm, yeah, yeah, that was that was it. That was my start into tech. Right. And what is the <laughs> best career advice you've ever received? Strangely enough, the best career advice I've ever received is to pace yourself. It's to get in there and get enthusiastic about things, but making sure that you've got space in your life for the rest of your life as well, um, which has come to fruition even more now, I think. Yeah. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? Well, it kind of feels like I am doing my IT career again because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm learning a bunch of new stuff. But um, certainly uh, PowerShell and automation, um, I would dive deep into that because it does make a big difference to the work that you manage and the skills that you've got. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? My career objectives at the moment are to figure out how we can make the biggest impact for our technical communities and how we measure that. So it's one thing to engage with people in forums and to write some blog posts, but to measure how effective I'm being on that and, and what results it's having, that, that's the hard part that I'm trying to nut out at the moment. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I've got to say being a parent is the non-tech skill that's helped me in my career because you get to deal with these other people that don't always do what you want them to do. <laughs> and sometimes you have to explain why something is a particular way. And there are all sorts of skills that you get as a parent that are really helpful in your career. Yeah. I can I can relate to that definitely. <laughs> um, Sonia, can you maybe share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? So my parting piece of advice is this is a big industry, and there are so many different areas that you can dive into. The thing that you're excited and passionate about today doesn't necessarily need to be the thing that is your career for the rest of your life. And that's what's it's what's good about this industry. So go and find your fit. Don't be afraid to dip your toe into a slightly different area of tech, even within the infrastructure area. Just see what, what fits. If you told me that to get into tech, I would need to code and build software applications, I wouldn't have been interested. But there are so, so many things in this industry that you can build a career out of that there's nothing stopping you going out and finding your fit or getting 20 years into your career and then changing direction 
and going down another path. It, it really has that much scope and opportunity if you just want to go out and experiment. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? I am known for tweeting a little bit. So you can find me at Sonia Cuff on Twitter or uh, catch up with me on my blog, uh, which is just at soniacuff.com. Sonia, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for the invitation. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward, and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.